0: Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, June 17th. I'm Nyla Budu. Here's what you need to know today. Culture clash at the Southern Baptist Convention. Plus, the FAA gets serious about unruly passengers. But first, today's one big thing. Congress approves a new federal holiday, Juneteenth. yesterday to make Juneteenth a federal holiday after the Senate unanimously did so on Tuesday. Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the U.S., falling on the day in 1865 that enslaved African-Americans in Galveston, Texas, learned they were free, more than two years after emancipation was announced. With so much renewed attention around this holiday, I asked author and historian Dr. Ibram X. Kendi to talk this through with me. He's also the host of the new Be Anti-Racist podcast from our partners over at Pushkin. Dr. Kendi, welcome to Axios today. Thank you for making the time to speak with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: In your writings, you've often said that it's critically important to distinguish between abolishing slavery and actually freeing people. Why do you think that many people might overlook that distinction?
1: Unfortunately, we're just not really taught about with with a tremendous amount of complexity and detail the Civil War or even the post-Civil War period in which you had formerly enslaved people saying to the U.S. government, we live in an agricultural society. We're not going to be able to be free if we don't have land. (laughs) So we need our 40 acres. And it was clear as day to them. And obviously that did not happen.
0: How do you think the establishing of a federal holiday might help our education as a nation to know more about this?
1: Well, what I'm hoping is that This federal holiday would would allow us every single year to take a step back, especially those of us who aren't able to, to study and understand and talk about it full time. Basically, the 200, literally 250 years in which, you know, black people were enslaved in this country and the 250 years of resistance you know, against slavery. And so it will be a time of of, of memory of that terror and, you know, memory of the the celebrating of people who who fought for so long to be, you know, to be free.
0: Do you think celebrate is the appropriate word to use for Juneteenth?
1: I think I celebrate people who have fought to be free. I mean, I and and so I, I do think, at least in part, It should be a celebration.
0: And I also wanted to ask you about the kind of commercialization we've seen, especially in the past year of Juneteenth. I am a cancer survivor. I know that you are as well. And I'm always struck by the commercialization around Breast Cancer Pink. And in my mind, I feel like it kind of takes away from the actual issue. And I wonder, with more companies and brands embracing Juneteenth, if you feel similarly about that, like do you feel like people are actually embracing the essence of what we should be talking about here?
1: We are going to certainly have to have a a battle over the narrative. And there's going to be powerful forces, whether corporations or people with massive bully platforms who are telling us how we should use it, how we should celebrate it. And I think with Juneteenth, like MLK Day, like Black History Month, like Indigenous People's Day, there's so many days that we're trying to battle, you know, over how it's remembered, how it's celebrated to ensure it's not being commodified. And I certainly think Juneteenth will become another one like that.
0: Dr. Iram X. Kendi is the author of How to Be an Anti-Racist and host of the new podcast from Pushkin Industries, Be Anti-Racist. He's going to be joining us every Thursday this summer with insights from his conversations with all kinds of interesting people. Dr. Kendi, thanks for taking the time for us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We'll be back in 15 seconds on the results from this year's Southern Baptist Convention. The Southern Baptist Convention, the world's largest Baptist denomination, just wrapped up after three days in Nashville. The gathering was especially scrutinized this year because of classes over race, abuse, and the overall direction of the second largest Christian denomination in the U.S. Here to catch us up is Robert Downen, who covers religion for the Houston Chronicle. Hey, Robert, good morning. How much of what's going on within the Southern Baptist Convention represents a reflection of maybe broader cultural wars within the country?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is interesting to me because one, you know, people, when they hear Southern Baptist Convention, they think that it's a Southern denomination, but it really is nationwide. And it does have within its ranks, every type of person from every place in the country. And while they are theologically conservative, there is, and you know, definitely trend towards conservative politics. There have been a growing number of pastors who have tried to peel away from the culture wars and I guess issues that have kind of, dominated, you know, really evangelical conversations for the last 40 or 50 years.
0: And with Alabama pastor Ed Litton voted in as the new president, what direction are they going in now with him?
2: From everyone I've talked to, Ed Lyden is a very compassionate and caring man. He in his press conference yesterday talked to us about, you know, he may have disagreements with those in Washington, but he always will work with whomever on whatever so long as their interests are aligned and when they aren't, he will do so diplomatically. Whereas his opponent had kind you know, really had a reputation as someone who was not afraid to fight, not afraid to uh do a lot of things that I think really were off putting to a lot of Southern Baptist messengers and that kind of really did show up in the election results.
0: You've especially been reporting on sexual abuse claims that have rocked the Southern Baptist Convention in recent times. How significant were the votes on that yesterday?
2: The big vote came at the tail end of the day when the messengers, um, there are about 15,000 of them gathered in Nashville. A few had left by then, but thousands of them voted to take away From the SBC's executive committee, its control over a third-party investigation into allegations that the executive committee had sought to conceal abuse stories, had intimidated other SBC leaders over their work with abuse victims, and had really just kind of broadly mishandled the crisis that's kind of unfolded since our reporting in 2019.
0: Robert Downing covers religion for the Houston Chronicle. Thanks, Robert. Thank you so much. Each year, the FAA typically sees about 150 cases of what they classify as bad airplane passenger behavior. But cut to this year, that number is already at about 1,300. Axios' transportation correspondent, Joanne Muller, is here to tell us what's going on with this. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Nyla. For those who haven't seen these crazy videos, what is this bad behavior?
3: Well, I think the the fight that we've seen over masks uh, everywhere is now in the air as well. The FAA still requires everyone on board the plane to wear a mask. There have been some really crazy incidents of people getting very irate and uh, disobeying the rules from the flight attendants and in some cases even assaulting them or other passengers.
0: One of our producers, Sabina Singani, who actually produced a segment, was flying this week, and she heard a new announcement, for her at least, about the FAA's new zero-tolerance policy when it comes to assaulting crew members. What is that policy?
3: Well, the FAA is not fooling around on this stuff. They now are actually talking about potential criminal charges, fines up to $35,000, and even a lifetime ban on certain airlines. If you get involved in an altercation on the plane, you're not going to be free to fly anymore.
0: All right. Well, let's everyone remember to calm down a little on planes. A little grace would be nice. is Transportation Correspondent Joanne Muller from Detroit. Thank you, Joanne.
3: Thank you, Nyla.
0: And finally, The summit between Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin came to what Axios co-founder Mike Allen called a feisty finish yesterday. There's so much to unpack. We're going to have that coming up tomorrow on our Politics Roundup. That's it for us today. You can reach your team at podcasts at axios.com or message me directly on Twitter. And for more news before tomorrow, you can always tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.